Welcome to Fresh Catholic, a podcast for those who are converting, reverting, or simply want a fresh perspective of the Catholic faith to help them to open their hearts and minds to become closer to the love and goodness of Christ. My daily prayer is that I will be a bright light to others, to be filled with the love and light of Christ, so that when people look at me, they see Him radiating out from me for His glory. Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Balderas. I'm so happy you're here. So, we're still in Lent. How's it going this week? Are you making progress? Have you started yet? (laughs) If you haven't, you can still start. But start, come on. Okay, you can do it. I believe in you. So, last week we talked about prayer And this week, I want to talk about fasting and almsgiving, which are the other two pillars of Lent. So I feel fasting and almsgiving go hand in hand. You know, fasting is sacrificing food and other things you love that you get pleasure from that might be a stumbling block between yourself and God's love. So specifically with Lent, when we talk about fasting, it's literally giving up food for Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. You're supposed to only have one meal on those two particular days. You are to feel that hunger. You are to feel literal hunger and fasting. If you look at the broad sense of fasting over Lent, fasting then can be giving up other things for the duration of Lent. So again, fasting can be not just from the food and feeling the pain of giving up the food specifically on those two days, but fasting from these other things. Fasting is, in other words, giving up something, you know, depleting yourself of these things, feeling the burn and the hunger of giving those things up. It isn't just about giving up food and drink either even though those are are good things to give up, but it's not just about giving up food and drink. It's good to make it something hard. It should be hard. This should be a time where it's something that you're like going, oh, this isn't easy. I'm I'm struggling with this, but I can do it. It's, It's worthwhile. That's what sacrifice is. Let's say you can take or leave chocolate. It's like, personally, Lori Balderas loves chocolate. I don't need to have it every day. I do love it, but for me to give up chocolate for Lent wouldn't really be a sacrifice to me. It would be like, okay, well, I mean, I guess so. I'd rather give up something where it's like, oh man, like the wine. Let's all just be serious about that. I really last year was like, ooh, I really love to drink wine every day. So that was a big sacrifice to me. I quite honestly didn't think I could do it. I did it, but I didn't think I could do it. So it was a big stretch for me. And some people, you know, whatever it is in your life, that's the thing that you really are obsessed with. I think that's the thing is like, if you're obsessed with something, whether it's food or drink, social media, what is the thing you're obsessed with? Put that to the side for Lent. Let's make that the thing. Your obsession should be with Christ. Your obsession should be with him. You know, we don't idolize anything. We worship and love Christ. That's what we need to focus on. So whatever you give up, 
make it something that it's a burn to give it up. <laughs> it's like it's good to take the 40 days to reevaluate. Why am I obsessed with this this thing? You know, whatever it is. Why am I obsessed with that? That's not a good trait to be obsessed with a thing or a food. You know, so that's why it is a good cycle to break during the 40 days because that's a good way to break a habit. That's a good duration and don't go back to those obsessions. When the 40 days are done, if you want to go back to that luxury or that treat or that thing that you're obsessed with, go back in a different way. You know, don't just go back and go, okay, now I'm just back to the old ways. Think like I did where it's like, okay, so I didn't go back to wine every day. I like to have a treat of wine on the weekend. I didn't go back to that obsession. I'm not obsessed with it anymore. My obsession now even more and more is Christ. It's also a good time to do things more simply. Like you don't have to indulge in everything all the time. You can have limitations. You can forfeit things. I know that's not fun and that's not easy, but this is a good time to have limitations and forfeit things. You need to learn to live in a desert type mindset at this time of year. Like imagine Jesus in the desert. He wasn't getting everything he wanted. You know, when you think of a desert, it's dry, it's bland, it's vast. That's what you should be thinking of right now, not lushness and the garden. You want to be thinking about a desert-type mindset. One thing that is like a really simple way to do that is during Lent, only have water. Don't have other drinks. Don't have other, you know, don't drink soda, don't have juice, don't have anything, just have water. Try that for the 40 days. Think about how simple that is, but that will give you the nourishment you need. That will give you what you need to live, but you don't need all those other things. Give the money that you save on those drinks and give to charity. Fasting is not just about giving things up. It's about giving things up and replacing them with healthy, peaceful, and positive things. Eliminate idols from your life. Idols come in many forms. Social media, screen time, treats, luxuries. Instead of having those idols, do things that are more positive. Exchange those things and add more time in for exercise or reading or spending quality time with your friends and family. Doing one-on-one things with those people, face-to-face things you know, where it's just quality time, where it's like, let's sit and have a talk. Let's sit and watch a quality movie together. Let's read stories to each other. That might be a nice thing like you, like people did back in the day. You could plant a garden together. You could prepare for and participate in a race for charity, you know, train for it together and then have the goal of participating in a charity race. Learn a new trick. Like maybe learn a language or learn how to cook, Um, learn a new instrument, maybe do it as a family and start a band. (laughs) You can give up a bad attitude or unforgiveness or gossip, give up anger or selfishness or negativity, replace those things with positivity and forgiveness, compliment people, show people kindness, compassion, and selflessness. So almsgiving is when you give generously to the poor and needy as a sign of gratitude for all God gives you and as an act of love to others in need. 
So almsgiving basically in my mind is when you do something charitable or give to charity. Um, So again, Lent is a perfect time if you're going to make a new habit or do something different or new that's regarding doing something good for another person, now's a good time to start. And then obviously you would want to try to continue it for the year. Again, make it something that is doable. Make it something that stretches your charitable heart. You know, there's so many things out there you can do and give to. Um, Many people are in need. So you will not be at a lack for finding people in need, certainly. So help others. You can do that actually where you go and physically help somebody. You can give your time. You can give your heart. You can do something that is big or small. But whatever you do, do it with sincerity and do it with all of your heart. Giving money is great. I, If you want to write a check and give donations, maybe add more into your tithe for the week, especially at Lent, that's great. Give whatever you can give, but money is obviously needed by people. So that, of course, is welcome. But you should also give of your time. That's amazing as well. Give of yourself. You could make phone calls to people who are lonely. Um, Maybe if somebody isn't able to see you due to health reasons, you could do a phone call. You could write them a card, um, send them a letter. You know, we don't send letters very often these days, but I think people like to actually hold a card or a letter in their hand and refer to it. I know my mother really particularly likes that. Um, She likes emails, but I know she loves to receive a card. So that's a nice thing you could do. Go visit someone who is lonely if you're able to. You know, you could take your children to a rest home. I know when I used to do scouting with my my boys, I would take the scouts to rest homes and they would go, you know, walk down the hallways and sing Christmas carols or go visiting the people in the day room, just seeing those little faces, you know, those people, it brightens those people's day. But even if you don't have children, um, I go visit people in the rest homes and just walking in and being face to face with them and smiling with them, holding their hand, praying with them, taking them communion if you can. That's a really nice thing to do. And it, it, you know, makes them feel special that people are coming to visit them. You could take a food basket to a family that you know might be struggling or a person that's struggling and just take them a basket of food and add something nice in there like a prayer book or maybe some flowers or a rosary to them. That would be a really nice thing to do. You could also make a meal for somebody and deliver it to them. If you knew of somebody that was recovering from a surgery or just you know, was struggling to make a meal themselves, take an already made meal and make it extra special with special treats. These are also good things for you to do with your children. Have them help you prepare the food and the basket and have them go with you when you take it so that they can see the gratitude of the people that you're delivering it to. You could make necessity bags. Uh, My husband and I did this one time. I thought this was such a lovely idea he came up with. And he said, let's make these bags and let's keep them in our car. So if a homeless person or somebody in need, you know, asks for our help, we could just hand them this necessity bag. So I went and I just went to the dollar store and I stocked up on toothpaste and toothbrushes and combs and soap. 
you know, other things like that. And, uh, and we put them all in a bag. And like I said, we had them in our car and we quickly uh, dispersed them. You could give up some of your stuff. I mean, I don't know about you, but I have a lot of stuff and I need to get rid of it. You could donate these items and that way, like I give them to certain thrift stores where I know the money that they raise goes to help charitable things that I really like the charities. Goodwill obviously is good, but whatever thrift store you know that actually directly gives to charity, that's a good way to give back, you know, so that people are benefiting from that. I think anything like that, those are things to teach your children. And especially at this time of year, when the word comes up and they say, what's almsgiving? You can teach them about charity because this is how we we will make charitable adults. So I feel like I became charitable at a very young age. I have distinct memories of going to my parents and saying, I'm going to do a carnival um, for Ronald McDonald House. And my little neighborhood friends and I, I would put on this whole charity event and I have photos, so I have proof of it. And we would have these little booths and I would have people come and they would pay money to do these little games. And then I would collect all the money and send it to Ronald McDonald and it would go to charity. Now, if I distinctly remember right, it was like I would raise maybe $10, but I was so proud that I put on this event and my friends got involved and that I had money to send. So when I had children, I tried to teach them how to be charitable. I would witness somebody that I felt looked like they needed help. For example, there was this young man who worked at the Mexican restaurant we went to. I would see him riding his bike and I knew he would be going to work. And one day I noticed that he was walking instead of riding his bike. And I was thinking, oh, I wonder why he's doing that. And I could tell that he was really struggling, you know, to get to work. And he was a hard worker and he really wanted to do this job. So I just kind of witnessed that he was without a bike. So one day I said to my children, we're going to go buy Lance a bike. And so they said, why? And I said, because it looks like he needs one and I would like him to be able to get to work. And so my children were very excited. And so we went to the hardware store and we picked out this bike and they were so excited to put it in the car. And we took it to him at the Mexican restaurant. We got out of the car, we wheeled this bicycle in and I said, hi, we bought you this bike. And he just looked at us and started crying. And it made me cry. And then my kids were crying. And he was so grateful that we noticed that he needed a bike and we just provided it for him. And we just felt really happy that we were able to do that. And it made a huge impression on my children. And so I I think that's a nice thing to, to do, to observe other people and to actually act on what you can do. Don't just talk about it. Don't just like, you know, say, oh, poor Lance, he didn't have a bike. We actually then were proactive and did something about it. I also used to take my children to the Salvation Army once a year, and we would donate about 75% of their toys to this one particular Salvation Army where I knew the toys were going directly to children in need. I encouraged my children, I would say, Go in your rooms, box up 
the bulk of your toys and we're going to take them to this Salvation Army. And then they would take those toys and put them out on all these big tables. And the parents of the children would come in and choose the toys. So we started out doing that one year. I felt like that was really important because I knew my children were going to get new toys. I knew they didn't need all those toys. And I knew that there were children out there that if we didn't donate toys, wouldn't have any. So my children really got excited every year about, oh, we're going to box up these toys for other children. Then it morphed into that same place, ended up building apartments for families that were in need. And it was a kind of an amazing thing because these families would live there The Salvation Army would take care of the children, make sure they got to school. After school, they had a program for them, and the parents could go get a job. We decided every year we would box up clothes for the parents, clothes for the children, the toys for the children, and then we would also take a dinner for the people at the facility. So we felt that was being very proactive. I really liked that we were teaching the children to be proactive. They could see the actual children they were giving toys to at that point. They just would like interact with them and they'd say to the kids, oh, we loved this this toy or this this thing. And they were actually handing them over to the children. So it made a big impact. So I really encourage you to be proactive with your children, teach them charity. It's a really valuable thing that they'll take the rest of their lives. We'll be right back. Are you looking for peace and joy? Do you want to refresh your life and raise your well-being? You need Create Harmony. At Create Harmony, we focus on everyday joys and we savor life's blessings. Our episodes are filled with creativity and fun, and we believe in setting an intentional rhythm. Listen in to Create Harmony to learn how to use your imagination as a way of listening to God and remind yourself how to notice goodness all around you. So when I was involved in scouting, um, I came up with a charity that I called Cold Hands Warm Heart, which is from a thing my mom used to say to me all the time when she would put her hands on my cheeks, she would say, cold hands, warm heart. So I came up with this charity to teach my Cub Scouts about giving to others. So what we came up with was they would all bring a blanket or a jacket as an event we had. So they, I had a big box. They would bring blankets and jackets. And then I took them to the homeless shelter and they handed out the blankets and the jackets to the people that were staying there to, to keep out of the cold. Well, this made a very big impression on my son, Cody. All the boys really got something out of it, but Cody has a real tender heart. And that Christmas... Cody got some Christmas money. He came to me and he said, you know, I don't really need this money. And I think I would like to go buy jackets for homeless people with my Christmas money. So I said, well, whatever money you put in, I'll match. And so I think we ended up with, I think he had $40. So we ended up with $80. So I said, let's go to the thrift store and let's get some jackets. So we got a lot of jackets. And 
he took the jackets to the homeless shelter and handed out all these jackets. And he had just enough jackets for the people, which was kind of miraculous. And he felt so good about doing that. And they all were so grateful. And so Cody's teacher heard this story that that he had done this. So she nominated him for the Optimist Award in Ojai that year, and he won. And the beauty part was that's not why he did it. He did it because he just he just felt compelled to do this, and he won this award. And I was just like, I couldn't have been more proud of him that he not just won the award, but just that he had that heart that he wanted to help somebody else. So, and you know, I have this dream, like I often think, if I had just buckets of money, I would love nothing more than to be kind of like a Santa Claus or Oprah Winfrey, <laughs> where you could just give everything. You know, it's like, wouldn't that be so fun to just like pay for somebody's house or buy somebody a car that needed one? But, you know, we can do simple things. Um, even if we don't have a lot of money, we can do simple things that will help others. And just to be generous of your time and your talents is just a really good part of Lent. I think that, you know, God wants us to be generous because he's so generous with us. We have to not always be so self-centered and not just be thinking about ourselves. Like, look at people in the world that just need people, you know, um, Jesus was always there for everybody. And no matter what, it was like, he didn't care what your backstory was. He was there to help you now. You know, it's so easy to turn your back on other people. It's so easy to walk by people and not care about what they're thinking or feeling. Or it's so easy to like step over people or walk by people and not give them the time of day. But Jesus didn't do that. Jesus stopped and looked people in the eye. You know, uh, Mother Teresa was the same way. She just really looked people in the eye, really took care of people. We need to really remember that everybody is a human being and they all deserve dignity and respect and kindness. There's a lot of self-centered people out there. And I mean, really, how much stuff can you have? Like, I often think like, what, do you really need like six cars? Do you, do you really need all those things? I mean, I don't know. We we put our time and energy into the strangest things, honestly. Like if, you know, when you think about it, we're all sitting looking at our phone of all things. You know, like you could be sitting down talking to somebody really important and this little box buzzes and you lose all your focus and you're looking at that and it's like it really I don't know about you but it really makes me feel very unimportant when somebody is right in the middle of talking to me looking me in the eye their phone it's it's not even the phone ringing it's not somebody calling them it's that the phone just makes a little noise and then they just you've lost them you know so it's a very it's a very odd thing that we put so much value into material things you know i mean really what what can those things do for you yes it's it's good to have a bed it's good to have water. It's good to have food. You know, it's good to have a place to live and a roof over your head. But I often think like, how important are all these things? It's way more important to spend time with somebody 
or, you know, to make them feel important because you set aside time for them. Um, I often think, you know, I was thinking the other day, I really don't sit down and read books very much anymore. I'll read something on my phone, but it's, it's really not as satisfying. And certainly, you know, texting somebody isn't as satisfying as talking to them in real life. So, you know, I just think that, you know, this time of year really, again, gets you started on a better mindset about how to have more quality in your life. And, and, you know, doing things that are pleasing to God are always quality. They're not things that are frivolous. You know, God didn't create these, these, um, mind wasting (laughs) things. He created beauty and nature and families and, you know, all these things that are just naturally beautiful and wonderful. And, you know, we're getting real off track. We are getting real off track because, you know, things that are important to people now, you know, they're not going to get you into heaven for one thing. You know, on the, on your deathbed, you're not going to go, gosh, I loved my cell phone. I mean, are you? Because if you are, you really have to buckle down at Lent here because that's not good. <laughs> anyway, um, so I hope that this has helped you. Um, these past couple of episodes, the prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. I think this has been really important to discuss these things. I hope it's given you some good ideas, and I hope you continue to have a successful Lent. And, um, you know, Easter's on its way. So I have the next few episodes will be on the RCIA. I'm really excited about those episodes. I would like to get my guests in here talking about their conversion stories And we will just be finishing up Lent and having our Holy Week um, episode will also be a good one. So anyway, thank you for listening. I'm so glad you tuned in today and please continue to support me. I really appreciate all your emails and I appreciate all the, you know, stories you're telling me about how this is helping you. And please follow me at Fresh Catholic on Instagram and Fresh Catholic on Facebook And please let your friends know. And thank you. Love you. Bye. Thank you for joining me today. Now go out and be a bright light in someone's life. And remember, be focused, be faithful, and be fresh. Fresh Catholic is recorded at Wonder Mouse Studios at the Castle at Pierpont, in Ventura, California. My producer and engineer is Sarah Espel, and she could be yours too. Our podcast studio is available for rent. You can reach us at wondermouse.us or freshcatholic.com.